0: Just in the same way, it's very obvious that people did not think past their emotions. I make the argument very clearly that I think a lot of people voted for Joe Biden based on emotion. This idea that, well, if we just vote for Joe Biden, things will get back to normal. Well, first, I don't think that's any reason to vote. I don't think that's any reason to vote at all on emotion. I get that people are emotional, but you have a lot more to think about than whether or not you think somebody's nice. You have a lot more to think about. And that the idea that you vote solely on that, that is suspect to me. I don't shy away from that in the slightest. Deciding there's a policy that you thought was better for the country, well, we'll disagree about that or agree about that. But emotion? My, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. But I don't think people thought past what happens if he wins, what happens if he loses, they haven't asked themselves where the country is or where the country is going and how are people going to respond to this fight? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. Let me bring in Kira Davis of RedState.com. She is also the host of the Just Listen to Yourself podcast, a regular guest host on KBC Radio uh, in Los Angeles, uh, her last two articles at Red State, uh, why I'm voting for Trump and merely the other half of what we're going to get into. But let's let's start with this, uh, Kira Davis, because according to uh, Sonny Hostin of The View, according to Janelle Monáe, a- actress, according to Al Sharpton, um, uh, black people who voted for Donald Trump uh, are a shame. And uh, and they're traitors. And you should just get back in line and do uh, what you're told. Eight percent of black women, 18 percent of black men, 36 percent of Hispanic men and 26 percent of Hispanic women. So you voted for Trump. Uh, When did you start being a traitor to your race? And how does it feel?
1: Oh, you know what? Screw those guys. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, I'm real tired of of playing this game and today it feels just so much more serious you know but this type of language is absolutely unacceptable and no matter what happens from here moving forward with this race and with court challenges and whatever bs is heading our way in the next days or weeks um I'm, I'm done kind of playing nice with this stuff. You know, this is actually unacceptable language. And I still feel very strongly about finding middle ground. And I'm here to find middle ground with people like you say, Tony, like policy, let's disagree on that. You know, we can even disagree passionately and, and go our separate ways. But um, I'm done with the idea that that it's okay to talk about someone you don't know like that, that it's okay for you to talk about me like that. You don't know me. You don't know my life. You don't know who I love, who loves me, what I've done in my life. You know, it is absolutely unacceptable for not only for you to judge me like that, but, you know, it's somebody that you don't even know. But then to declare me worthless because of a single vote in a single election? No, screw those guys. We're done playing this game.
0: So this leads us into the conversation of the fight, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's going to be a continued fight. The people who are Trump supporters, even if President Trump loses, aren't going to stop being Trump supporters and aren't going to walk away from the idea of fight. But you brought up the the lawsuits. We we know Georgia is now going into a recount. Do you favor the lawsuits or do you think that they're just a, a waste of time?
1: No, I favor them. Trump should absolutely fight this to the bitter end. Absolutely. Because... Even if it doesn't go his way, it 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 is a signal to his followers. You know, he said something in the beginning days of this election, which is isn't that hilarious. <laughs> in the beginning days of, the, of this one-day election, he said, "This is a movement, and it is a movement." What what Trump started is a movement, and so I, I think Trump thinks very highly of his voters and appreciates his voters. And I know that he's the type of guy that feels like. You don't stop fighting until the bitter end. And, you know, if he wants to make a comeback or he wants to be a thorn in the new administration's side or whatever moving forward, you know, then, yeah, he absolutely has to fight this to the bitter end. And I I think he will. Our mutual friend, Kurt Schlichter, is working with um, the Trump campaign on a lot of legal issues. And, I mean, every— Everything we're getting out of that camp right now is saying, no, we're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting to the bitter end because it's a fight for the American people. And it's a fight against an entire co- multiple industrial complexes in this country colluding together to suppress the American vote. I, I just I'm at a loss today, not so much about Biden and Harris, because who cares? Four years of them. Fine. We'll get through that. I'm at a loss for how we got here. The absolute commitment to colluding and to deluding the American people and to suppressing the American vote and to cheating, I've never seen so many institutions work together. That's why I ta- uh, Donald Trump has to fight this to the bitter end. This now, cannot be rewarded
0: let's 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 dig in talking to kira davis of redstate.com i am a believer in the fight i I think that the fight also is exactly what trump supporters demand and trump has to deliver uh, on that the argument is going to be sour grapes sore loser we were right wouldn't affect uh, wouldn't accept the election results you discuss it as seeing malfeasance What is it that you're seeing, and how do you respond to the people who say, well, you can't prove voter fraud, you can't show me voter fraud, it's just what you're saying, but you can't prove it?
1: Well, we'll see, won't we? (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's certainly a case there, and um, even if voter fraud isn't proven, um, there's still plenty of reason for some recounts to be done, and if you can get the recounts done with the proper oversight, then maybe those counts do change. And maybe the change proves the voter fraud. But I live in California, Tony. You lived in California for years. You know that this is how we do it here in California. And every year we scream about voter fraud. And every time somebody says, you can't prove it, you can't prove it. It is really hard to prove when when you're not allowed to, to investigate. It's very hard to prove. But it's something that we all know goes on. And um, the few people that have had proof, it's actually been dangerous to come forward with that proof. So voter fraud, yes, is hard to prove, but that doesn't mean that the recounts don't deserve to happen, and and that you know that doesn't mean that there might be some rulings in the highest court about making recounts happen and making sure that there's the proper oversight.
0: Now. I agree in the recounts. I agree in actually engaging the challenges. I can't prove widespread voter fraud. I think it's weird that counties stop counting. I think it's weird that Nevada says, we'll see you on November 12th, everybody. I think that some of the Supreme Court decisions, specifically about Pennsylvania, are as maddening, and John Roberts is as uh, a despicable. Uh, it, for a guy who is desperate not to make the Supreme Court political, he has done everything uh, the the opposite way. Um but as you see it and then you you wrote uh, the story there uh merely the other half at redstate.com what were you going for in, in, in the piece, right? Because it's clear that America is split down the middle. If each candidate is getting over 70 million votes, yes, Biden has, according to uh, the, the tally, four million more votes for a guy who had no ground game. That's pretty impressive. Um, but what is the other half to you? And where do we think this other half, how are they going to act in the next four years if indeed it is a Biden presidency?
1: Well, which half are you talking about? The half I want that voted both. For Trump or the half? Yeah. No, well, here's the thing. I wrote that article because I was so shocked to wake up yesterday morning, find Biden is winning. I mean, he's cheating his way to a win. And all the Democrats in my social media timeline were just beside themselves. They were apoplectic. They were so upset. I thought they would be happy. But no, they were angry that this many people voted for Trump. And that there's still this many traders that somehow 2016 was a mistake, and 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 now um, people would come to see the light after four years of Trump. And my point was that no, this isn't what they're seeing. Isn't it's not racism or bigotry that they, they fooled themselves. Well, the media fooled them into believing that that Trump was an accident, and that. The left is the majority in this country, and somehow Trump cheated with help from Russia, and the left was the majority in this country, and it was always going to be the majority once we could get rid of Trump. And they're shocked to find out that, no, actually, the country has always been split. We've always been divided. We're, we are, they just discovered that we're just the other half. They're not the majority. They're just the other half. And this is how this works. We're not, there is no, the media fooled the left for eight years, kissing Obama's behind. They fooled them into thinking that things had changed for good and America had changed for good. And now we were all going to be progressives and all going to be liberal voters. And that's not how this country has ever worked. It's not, we have always been divided. We have always been split down the middle. And in fact, our government is designed for it. So I just can't believe that there's still so many Democrats out there sad. I mean, they're winning, you know, and they're still sad that half the country doesn't think like them. Now this... Their child, their children.
0: This is where um, Kira and I come together, talking to Kira Davis of redstate.com, the podcast, just listen to yourself. Go find that and listen to it. So Kira and I know each other from the California days. And uh, Kira and I... Uh, I, I did not come from entertainment. I, I learned that entertainment and culture is the way to connect with people. Kira was an actress who stumbled into this political world and never left. Um, mm-hmm. is, is kind of the way uh, that it went. But both of us, and one of the things that we bonded over early on was this idea that that culture is the way. You've gone about creating... Uh, uh, films uh, you created Minty, which was a story uh, uh, about Harriet Tubman. You've done other uh, works uh, a, a, as as well. Um, you you continue to work on uh, the world uh, of scripts and and trying to yeah. engage in content. Yeah. And we all know that I'm building a, a production house here in in Indiana because things have to get created of all of all stripes. And this culture war is about to hit overdrive. Because if Donald Trump is out of the White House, Trump News, Trump TV, uh, the the Trump Newsletter, um, this is all coming, right? One of the things that people saw in this election was they're so mad at Fox for calling Virginia early, Indiana late, and Arizona early, they went to Newsmax. And they're like, screw it. And by the way, I think that some of that might actually hold. It's kind of unbelievable.
1: Oh, absolutely. How big...
0: Is the culture war about to get?
1: It's about to blow up. We've been leaning up to, you know, I woke up this morning, Tony, with one word on my mind from the great Andrew Breitbart. You know what it is, war, because that is what is coming, war. Not in the physical sense. Um, Please don't misquote me, people. (laughs) But I just mean on the cultural front, see, there always was this idea that even though the media was so being so dishonest, even though the corporate media was so dishonest, that, that we had come to this place where hey, at least we've got all these voices in this space. And conservative media was really growing, and there are alternative voices out there to get alternative stories out. But now the tech companies have colluded to mute our voices. And then they make it that's another reason why Democrats think that the whole country swings left when we don't. But These tech companies are now squashing. I mean, the steal the vote page got got taken off of Facebook today. I mean it's just now we're looking at the active squashing of speech and competing ideas. So no, I don't see this dying down. In fact I see this getting worse. And if the Republicans can manage to hold Senate and even pull out some strength in the House, um it's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly. But people like you and I, Tony, like, I, I can see this already happening among people like us. We're like, you know what? We can't wait for this anymore. We've got to go out there and get engaged and do it ourselves. We've got to be making film. Nick Searcy does that. You know, we've got to be making our own um building our own radio stations building our own tv shows building our own scripted content you know i wish a lot of i think maybe the daily wire might be going in this direction but i wish a lot of conservative outlets would start thinking about launching scripted content like a little 20-minute comedy show or something like that all that stuff as silly as it sounds to talk about on a radio show you know all this stuff matters
0: I don't think any of it's silly. Wait a second, I uh, I moved my podcast to rumble.com because Dan Bongino said I'm putting my money where my mouth is, and I'll, so that's now where my podcast is. I'm building out the financing, building out the production so I can start creating scripted and non-scripted content. It may not be film because I don't know if I'm necessarily a filmmaker. There are filmmakers out there. But it's not even an objective about saying, hey, here's the great conservative message as we've talked about many times. It's about right. making sure that people who who see things differently, have a chance to voice things and creating content that people actually want to consume. A good story still needs to be a good story.
1: Absolutely. And people will respond to those good stories and those good stories, whether or not it's messaging or not, and it shouldn't be, it should just be a good story. What happens is those make it into the public consciousness. And then that really shifts how people think. Like, can you imagine how influential it would be, Tony, if we just stopped portraying Christians in every single Hollywood movie as southern, backwards, toothless, idiots, racist, homophobic idiots? Or what if, what if suddenly Hollywood stopped portraying every Republican as the complete devil, evil, serial killer, literally Hitler? Even just to have those things sh- change would shift a national mindset, but you can't change those things if you're not in the writer's room. If you're not in the developer's room, if you're not making the films yourself, just simple things like that, not necessarily messaging, but changing how we portray portray people to America. I'm doing a my, my production company is working on a horror film, a short horror film we hope to film this summer. And is this going to change the minds of 70 million Americans to vote Republican? No, but it's our content. And you know what's? more important about us making this is what's not in it versus what's in it. Do you know what I mean?
0: That is like, that's the everything. A- right that's the the everything you know we i talk about this very often with late night late night tv can still be funny but instead of the punchline being trump it's obama Like that's that's it it's just tell the good joke make me laugh and move on it's doable and it's possible kira davis is her name you can find her at red state kira davis uh there at redstate.com and the podcast just listen to yourself That is the podcast uh, that you're looking for. Just listen to yourself. And if you go and you check out her biography, you'll find it. But you'll also find it on Spotify. Just listen to yourself. Be sure uh, to check it out. Kira Davis, always a pleasure. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz.